Hallelujah. Just over in the glory land. You know, it's not going to be that long. Amen. You know, years just kind of melt away. And before you know it, we're going to be over in the glory land. With the happy host we'll stand. And if we can't stand with a happy host down here, and we can't stand music down here, and we can't get involved with the things of God down here, we're going to be we're going to be in misery. Amen. But I, I I can just imagine the host standing before the throne of God, hands outstretched. I don't believe there'll be one that'll be there that that's kind of slumped down and kind of miserable looking and unhappy. I think that every face will be aglow and their hands will be outstretched and they'll be singing at the top of their voices unto the Lord. Amen? And that's the way we should get down here. This is, this is just practice for eternity. Amen? Go into the Word and if you'll open up to the book of Luke... Book of Luke, the fourth chapter. Hallelujah. The fourth chapter of Luke, starting at verse 14. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. And he taught in the synagogues being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth where he had seen, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant. And he sat down, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Hallelujah. Father, we pray tonight that God, this word would come alive to us. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he commissioned me. He has anointed me to go and heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, to open the blind eyes. Well, Father, would you open our blind eyes here tonight? Would you open our ears to hear? Would the anointing of the Lord be upon each and every one of us 
that, God, we might receive that which you have for us. For, Lord, I believe you have a message here for us. Give us ears to hear and a heart to receive. And anoint this preacher to preach in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Have you ever thought it would be nice to be an ophthalmologist? Who? Which is ophthalmologist? Oh, an ophthalmologist is a doctor that works on the eyes. An ophthalmologist is a physician that specializes in the treatment of the eye. He seeks to prevent disease that afflicts the eye, and he eliminates diseases that are destroying one's eyesight. He seeks to improve the ability of his patients to see. To restore sight to the blind person is to open a whole new world for him. Wouldn't it be nice if you could just go to a blind person and under the anointing of the Spirit, open that person's eyes and have that person all of a sudden see all things clearly? There are three types of blindness. There's physical blindness. Erasmus said, in the country of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. The Lions Club, one of these service organizations, and uh, I have great respect for the Lions Club. I remember when I was a kid, uh, our house uh, was completely consumed inside by fire. The only thing that we had on our backs and uh, the shoes that we had on our feet, that's, that was it. And uh, normally the Red Cross steps in, or but it was a Lions Club. And they gave each one of us three new outfits. And I've always remembered that. And so I've always had special respect for the Lions Club. But the Lions Club... Uh, they encouraged their membership to give old glasses that they might give these to people who can't afford glasses. And they also encourage their members to donate their, their eyes after death. And so through the activity of this service club, many people who couldn't see, now have the ability to see. Uh, there's also mental blindness. My mother used to say, there is none so blind as those that will not see. And sometimes mental blindness comes by Having a closed mind. Did you ever, did you ever try to convince somebody of something, and their mind is just made up, and no matter what you say, you're not going to change their mind. They, their mind is, is 
and they know what they what they believe in and no matter how many times you you tell them Jesus saves no matter how many times you you take the gospel message and you try to uh, uh, present it in different ways their mind is made up they 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 are the worst kind of blind people because they will not see they refused to see the truth it could be through prejudice how many of you realize that every one of us have a some kind of prejudice and it these prejudices come by the way our minds are computed so to speak through life we we have learned certain things and uh, due to our lifestyle due to our home uh, due to our environment we get to think in, in certain ways and so prejudiced we become prejudiced that our way is right and everybody else's way is wrong and uh, that can keep you from really seeing the truth and some have never opened their eyes to really see the world about them it's amazing how people can walk down the streets of our city and they just don't see the rottenness they don't see the sin they don't they don't they can go to the school and they think boy this is a great school and they don't see they just they just don't see they're blinded to what's really going on around them. Most of them, the reason they're blinded is because they're so taken up in their own life, taken up in their own everyday culture. And that's the reason they can't, they can't see that, that abortion is killing babies. It's murder, you know? They can't see that. It doesn't appear to them. It doesn't even enter their mind. In fact, most of them probably don't even think about it. So there's physical blindness, mental blindness, and there is spiritual blindness. And Jesus dealt repeatedly with spiritual blindness. He declared that only the pure in heart would really see God over in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8. He said that divided loyalty is, it makes it impossible for one to see clearly. Look at Matthew chapter 6 and verse 22. He said the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body is full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? If, if, if you are, are uh, just... It's impossible to to see things if if you have divided loyalty 
you can't you can't be divided between what's right and what's wrong. You've got to you've got to you've got to go after the right, the pure in heart. You've got to be able to see clearly. And John declared that hatred causes one to dwell in darkness over in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 11. And uh, some, some of us hold on to our hatreds because we don't like something. We refuse to, to look at it, refuse to let it talk to us, refuse to let it be seen as it really is. The nature uh, and the results of spiritual blindness are the, as follows. First of all, unawareness. He's never looked through, he who has never looked through a microscope really cannot understand the minute, the smallness. He doesn't under, you may have heard of, a, of uh, germs, but until you've seen germs, Moving, you don't really understand that they're they're real. Uh, he who has never looked through a telescope doesn't realize the vastness of space and the things that surround us in our universe. He who has never seen an X-ray really doesn't understand the workings of what's going on inside the body. And he who has never utilized his spiritual eye, the eye of the soul, he's blind spiritually. This here also, if you have problems in this area, it's going to bring distortions. There's a story about a, these three blind men. And they were asked to describe an elephant. And so the first blind man went up and he, and he kind of felt along the side of the elephant. And he described the elephant as a big, vast wall. The second blind man went up and he put his armor around the leg and he began to feel and he described it as a trunk of a tree. The third blind man went up and he grabbed a hold of the tail and he described it as a rope. Being blind will give you a distorted view. And it's the same in the spiritual world until our eyes are open we don't really see things as they are. And we need spiritual eyes to see. We can't see until God opens our eyes. Darkness. It's described as darkness in the Bible and how dark the world of the blind is. Most of us uh, wouldn't really covet being blind, uh, wanting to live in this condition. Uh, 
But to live in eternal darkness is even a worse thought. And we have people the world over who are not only blind in this world, but they're going to be in outer darkness, gross darkness. I remember when I was in the Coast Guard, we went to our battle stations, and mine was way down in the center of the ship. And, of course, the battle stations, you had all the doors, all the, all the watertight doors locked and so forth. And then all of a sudden, the lights went out. And I put my hand up like this. And I couldn't see my hand. If ever I felt darkness, that was it. It was gross darkness. And there's people who are going to spend eternity in outer darkness. Unless they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ wants to open our eyes and help us to see. He wants us to see God is a God of love. He's a God of grace. He's a God of mercy. Think of the number of people out there that they have this distorted view of God. God is a big angry God that stands up in the heavens somewhere and he just wants to pour out his wrath upon man and he can't wait to punish us. What a distorted view. God is love. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. God is merciful. It's only the grace of God that we're not all consumed. We would all be lost. We'd all be in outer darkness. Except God has opened our eyes. Hallelujah. He wants us to see the deadliness of sin. He wants us to see the uh, abundant life is one of unselfish devotion. He wants us to see the need of the unsaved world for the good news of Jesus Christ. He wants us to begin to see things as he sees them. Hallelujah. He wants to show us the spiritual resources that are available to those who walk by faith. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter 2, starting at verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard 
nor have entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual. This is not something you can learn by going to school and reading books. This is something that the Spirit reveals to you. This is something that you learn once you have given your heart to Jesus Christ and you begin to walk day by day in the Spirit. You begin to, to really know you have a heavenly revelation of the mercy of God and the love of God. You can't even begin to understand the things that God has prepared for those that love Him. It's revealed to us through the Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. And Christ wants to Remove the blindfolds that keep people from unbelief, that keep them in unbelief. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Second Corinthians 4.4. 4. Well, let's start with three. But even if the gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Christ wants to remove the blindfold. And because when they are blind, they were either neglecting or refusing to put their faith in Jesus Christ as Savior, Satan, come along. And now he has them so blinded that they, they look, but they don't see. I believe that this might possibly be the most devilish work that the devil does. How many loved ones, how many friends, how many neighbors do you have? Their eyes are blind. They, their eyes have been blinded by the devil. And no matter what you say or what you do, 
You just can't reach them with the gospel message. But you know what? That same spirit that was up on Christ, that was on Christ, is on us. And we have been anointed to go and open the eyes of the blind. I believe that if you pray beforehand and the Spirit is working in and through you, I believe that people, that blindfold will be moved. Amen? Hallelujah. And they'll come to the knowledge of the truth. People are blind to the lostness of their soul. People are, are blind to the emptiness of life without God. People are blind to the hopelessness of self-effort to redeem themselves. People are blind to the brevity of life. You know, most people don't even stop to think how short life really is. Harriet, who was with us last week, is now moved on into eternity. No one expected her to die. I mean, she's been sick for years, but I was over there earlier in the week, and I was talking to her, and I was telling, I was telling her about the problem I was having with my heart. Never expecting that in a moment of time you can move from life to eternity. We live like we have forever here. People are blind to the need of a new life. People are blind to the grace and the love of God. And God wants to open blind eyes today. God wants to show you the great and the mighty things to come. But you know, you only get this through spending time with God. We can only go and do the ministry that Christ has called us to as we have spent time with God, then we can go...